So that really was the greatest lesson for me because it taught me that uh, you need to take care of yourself. You need to figure out how to make your life work. From Life Radar Podcast, this is Durgesh. Public speaking. Public speaking is important. It allows us to form connections, influence decisions, and motivate change. But it can be difficult to do well. We all have our strengths and weaknesses when it comes to public speaking. Some of us are great at giving an overview of our topic while others struggle with details. Some of us may have trouble making eye contact, while others are natural speakers. And some of us might have trouble getting up in front of an audience in the first place. The good news is that you don't need to be perfect at everything when you are speaking in public. You just need to be yourself. And today, I'm going to interview Brendan Kumaraswamy who is on a mission to eradicate public speaking fears and is helping thousands of people around the world to master their talk. Yeah, how about how about you? How was your week? Oh, it's great, man. Can't complain. Cool. I don't know if you turned on your camera or you plan to do that and it's yep, really it's- optional. We started off with some issues on my side, as I was not able to see his video, but it got resolved as I started asking questions. I mean, I see great. your face. I oh, see great. Yours, okay. Yeah, yeah, I see you. You got like the telephone in the back. And the... I'm your host, Durgesh, and we are here with Brendan to learn more about him and his mission to eradicate fear of public speaking. Brendan, welcome. Durgesh, it's great to be on. Thanks for having me. You have a mission in mind, right? So I want to uh, maybe explore a little bit about that. But before we get there, I know everybody wants to know, who is Brendan Kumaraswamy? For sure, Durgesh. I mean, for me, you know, I started my life in, in Montreal. My parents immigrated from Sri Lanka in the early 90s. And I was given the golden ticket of life which is I was born in a first world country. I had every opportunity in the world, even if I didn't grow up with a lot. You know, my parents were factory workers. So, so that's where my story started. And a lot of my focus when I was younger was really around how do I get the right job? I didn't really want to be an entrepreneur or a business owner or some, you know, some, some guy who runs a shop. I really wanted to be a corporate executive. So I went to business school. I studied accounting. And I ended up doing something very, very different from my life from that point. Cultural conditioning is a form of early childhood development. The term refers to how a child's mind is conditioned by his or her environment. It can include being taught to speak only when spoken to, and that children should be seen and not heard. Negative criticism, shaming, and lack of validation by parents, teachers, and others, together with learning differences, dysfunctional family environments, can create conditions in which a child can feel lost 
and often feel less confident as they become an adult. This can create communication challenges when it comes to their personal and professional life. I asked Brendan about his experience growing up and how much influence his family and friends had on him. So yeah, great question, Durgesh. What happened was I would say for most of my most of my family, I got really lucky. You know, I have the best mom in the world, the best sister in the world. All my cousins are great. I did have a lot of issues with my dad though because he was an alcoholic. So I grew up in a very dysfunctional household. So that really was the greatest lesson for me because it taught me that uh, you need to take care of yourself. You need to figure out how to make your life work. So that's why for me, from the ages of 12 to 22, which is a weird age range, my focus was really on how do I become financially successful and prove him wrong and be the person that I was meant to be. And that's, that really shaped me and taught me what not to do. In terms of my, the rest of my family, you know, my mom, my sister, the people around me, they really taught me the power of generosity and support, right? Like today, I'm so blessed. You know, a lot of people in the Desi community, if they started a business, a lot of people would look at them and go like, no, we're not going to support you. You should stay at IBM. I mean, I literally had the job that every Indian guy wants, right? But, but my parents were very, specifically my mom and my whole family were very supportive of that decision, which is very rare. So that's, that's what I would say generally, is the power of generosity and also learning what not to do in one's life. I always had a problem with words. I thought they were just noise and couldn't stand them. But then I realized that words are a form of communication. They have the power to build societies, but also tear them down. They allow us to share our ideas, thoughts, and feelings with others, and they can change the world. I knew Brendan spoke more than one language, and when I asked him why is language so important to him, this is what he had to say. I would say for me, language has played a big part in my life, because I speak three. I speak English, French, and Tamil. But I would say the power of language has applied in different ways. One, it allows me to relate to different cultures. So when I, if I ever go to France or I go to places where people speak French, I'm able to connect with them. There's, a, there's an old saying that I forgot who the contributor was, but the quote is, if you speak, uh, if you speak uh, the, your own language, it goes to a man's head, but if you speak their language, it goes to a man's heart. And I think that was really powerful. Because language allows us to connect more with other people. In terms of the work that I do today, I would say that multiple languages has really helped me in communication in the sense that it allows me to coach at a higher level and help answer some of the questions that no one really has answered in the past, which is like, how do you present in a second language? Because I've been through that situation, it's a lot easier for me to give thought leadership on that. So that's the way that I've seen language impact my work. Then I took the opportunity to speak a little bit about my personal challenges. As an immigrant, I am very conscious about my English language, which often shows up in my workplace when I present to a large audience. It has also affected my salary and how I negotiate for anything. It always left me feeling that I could have done better. I asked Brendan if there was something I could do to overcome my fear of speaking. And he told me this. 
For sure, Durgesh. Well, first of all, I think you're doing a great job because you have the first stage, which most people don't even have, which is awareness. At least you're aware. Hey, you know, I should really be more open-minded. Most people don't even have that thought. You know, they think they're living life perfectly, and that's where the challenge becomes. Here, here has been my perspective on life, Durgesh. We don't have time in the world to change people's minds because we're all going to die. That's the way I think about it. So for me, the perspective that I've held, because I've had to change my identity multiple times, right, to have the success I have at this age, right? I had to change my identity from wanting to have a corporate career to completely being a full-time business owner to believing that I could make a massive transformational impact on the world and make YouTube videos and do all this, this great stuff. I needed to change my, my identity so many times. And if I focused my attention, my energy on people who didn't want to change, I don't think I would have achieved the level of success that I have today. So my perspective has always been our time is better spent finding the people who want to change and making them world class versus trying to get people who don't want to change to change. And that is why we need to start by working with the people who are ready before we work with the people who aren't. And because I've adopted that mindset, all of my energy really goes towards just people who want to change. And those people change drastically as a result. And that's really what creates a ripple effect in the world, I feel. Soft skills are the abilities necessary for connecting with people, communicating effectively and building relationships. So I asked Brendan, if he can give me some strategies to help with developing confidence to be able to speak effectively at a drop of a hat. Communication is like juggling 18 balls at the same time. So one of those balls is smiling, one of those balls is eye contact, one of those balls is storytelling, body language, and it could get really confusing really fast for people. That's why for me, the question I've always asked myself in my career is out of all 18 of those balls, What are the three easiest balls to juggle? Because if we start with those three balls and we do them consistently, that's what will improve our skill set over time. And I believe the easiest of the 18 is an exercise called the random word exercise. Pick a random word like toothpaste, like bee, like lip gloss, and create random presentations out of thin air on the spot. So there's two reasons why this exercise is super effective. One, it helps you deal with uncertainty. If you could talk about avocados for 60 seconds, it doesn't matter what you're doing in cybersecurity. It's always the same policies, the protocols, the same types of meetings. Sure, the industry might change, but, you know, and the tech might change, but I would say the overarching structure will remain the same. That's one. The second reason that I tell my clients all the time, if you can make sense out of nonsense, Durgesh, you can make sense out of anything. And that's really the magic of this exercise is if you do this a few times a day for like five minutes a day, you'll get really good really fast. That strategy left me scratching my head and I needed a little more explanation about the random word exercise. So he did a live demonstration of what you are about to hear, where I gave Brendan a totally unexpected word, which he had no knowledge of before this. You can see how he can speak like he has prepared for it. The only thing he's ready for is being able to speak impromptu. And we are just forming a story or what are we actually doing when we actually form this this topic? 
let's keep it simple, Durgesh. Why don't you just shoot a word and I'll create a presentation right now? Okay. Um, let's see. Um, ginger tea. Ginger tea. Awesome. So for everyone listening to this, uh, Durkish did not give me the word ginger tea prior to this conversation. So watch me do a presentation right now. Every morning when I wake up and I start my day, I love a great cup of hot water. And a lot of you might be thinking when I was about to say that, you're like, is he going to say ginger tea or coffee or some sort of beverage? Actually, Durkish, the one thing I drink in the morning is hot water. Because there's no caffeine, and I get to enjoy the warmth of a good bre- beverage without struggling through the pain of getting a co- caffeine shot in my body. But you know what I always enjoyed about tea in general, whether it's ginger tea or green tea or black tea or any tea, is even if there's a little bit of caffeine, it's still a bit soothing. It allows us to enjoy our day. Why don't we make life a little bit more like ginger tea, Turkish, where we have a little bit of seasoning? But we learn to enjoy the beauty that is life. Dale Carnegie says it best. He says that the most impactful moment of my life is not when I win the big accomplishment. It's when I take the moment and the time to enjoy the roses in my garden. And I encourage all of you to take out that ginger tea and enjoy the roses in your garden, whether it's your family, whether it's the people that you love, or just a walk in the park. There you go. That's it. Random word exercise. When you have a personal mission statement, you can focus on where you want to go. It helps you stay on track and meet your long-term goals. And it's not the kind that will cost a lot of money if you don't already have access to one. The payoff is enormous because, simply put, it works. That's because a personal mission keeps you from wandering off track. I asked Brendan, what makes him stay focused, and what his mission in life is. So let me let me tell the mission through the form of a story, which is the following. You know, I was watching a TikTok the other day, and it was about Taylor Swift, the musician that we all know and love. And she wins this award called Woman of the Year by a company called Billboard, which is a music business. And it's around 2014. And she looks at the audience and says, your future woman of the year is 11 years old right now. She's in choir, she's learning how to sing, she's playing piano, and we need to take care of her. And then six years go by in the TikTok, and it's 2020, and Billie Eilish becomes the youngest inductee in Billboard's history to win Woman of the Year at the age of 17. So she grabs that stage, she gets on that that podium, she's got her big jacket, big glasses, And she's rambling throughout her whole speech. I don't even know how I won this, but yeah, thanks, Billboard. And then the last 30 seconds changes my life, Durge. She looks at the crowd and says, yeah, yeah, it was 2014. I was watching Taylor Swift's speech, and I was 11 years old. And I was learning how to sing. I was learning how to be in choir and piano. And you all took care of me, so thank you. And the reason that story always gives me goosebumps, Durgesh, is because I always think about the next Elon Musk. You know, and Elon Musk was 13 years old and he was in South Africa and he's being abused by his dad. And nobody gave, you know, gave anything about him. No one cared about him. Nobody helped him with his communication skills. And he still became the successful person he is today. But I always think about the next Elon Musk. Where is that person? It might even be a she. It might be a seven-year-old girl in Cambodia. But are we creating 
free resources for that person to become a great speaker one day? And I realized in that moment that the answer was no. So I needed to do something about it. So my mission in life is to empower every genius of our society to become exceptional communicators. And if we do that, we'll advance the human race at lightning speed. Brendan is not only helping thousands of people through his master talk and public speaking courses, but also helping millions of people through his YouTube channel and his LinkedIn posts. Here is Brendan talking about how you can find his resources and get in touch with him. So there's two main resources. The first one is, of course, the YouTube channel. So people can go to Master Talk in one word. That's where most of my thought leadership is. There's hundreds of free videos there. You just type Master Talk on YouTube and you'll find everything there available for free. The second resource is a free communication workshop that you've actually been to that I run every two weeks over Zoom. So this is a live interactive workshop. It's super fun and it's around 90 minutes. So if you want to join that, you go to rockstarcommunicator.com and sign up for the next one. Where are we going to see Brendan uh, in five years from now? The lining thread of my life, the one thing that has made me the person I am today is doing something that most human beings dare not to, which is asking yourself a difficult question about life every single day. You know, Tony Robbins says it best. He says, the quality of your life is solely determined by the quality of the questions that you ask yourself about life. My version of Tony's quote is, I dare everyone listening to this to ask really challenging questions because you'll never be the same person ever again. So every day I would ask myself questions like, if I would retire you right now, you had all the money in the world, how would you spend your time? What would you do for the rest of your life? A lot of people don't have a good answer to that question. They just go, oh, I'll travel. It's like, okay, what are you gonna do? Travel for 30 years and that's it? You're not gonna do anything else? So that's one. Two is, if you could only accomplish three things in your life, and only three, nothing else, what would you want to accomplish and why? This helps you focus on what actually matters to what you want to achieve in life. And then number three, the third 80-20 question that I love so much, is what's a goal or a dream that you secretly gave up on and never told anyone about? I got that from Devon Bandison. These are the questions that lead to clarity in one's life, Turkish. But because I asked myself thousands of these questions, I have the clarity of someone who's already dead because I know the mistakes that other people have made. So from all of those questions, what's the insight that feeds into my five-year, 10-year, 20-year, 30-year vision? And the conclusion is simply this. I believe that I am called to be the person who democratizes communication for the world. The last time anybody really innovated on communication was when Dale Carnegie was alive, but that was almost 100 years ago. So for me, it's how do I become the next Dale Carnegie? Not just for my ego, because that doesn't really matter, but more so, so that when I'm gone, people can learn from me forever. That's really the, the mission behind what I do and why I take it so seriously. If you liked this interview and found it interesting, I would love to hear from you. Please write to me through theliferadar.com. Subscribe to the podcast to keep moving forward and becoming your better self. The Life Radar Podcast is a collaboration between two friends, Luis Rubio and me. That's it.